Welcome, friends. You found the Out of the Ordinary podcast. I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm Christy Purifoy. And this is the place where we believe that the very best stories grow out of the soil of ordinary life. A few of my favorite ordinary things are hitting snooze on the alarm clock, hot coffee with heavy cream, and a new local cafe with great writing spots. Lisa Joe, I love wrapping up in a cozy cardigan, going for long walks on cold afternoons, and warming up around a real fire. All right, friends, here's today's conversation. Get comfy. Here we go. Well, Lisa Joe, we're back with our second January conversation, and it's really a continuation of the stories we shared last week. And I think that's important because New Year's aren't actually made in a day, right? <laughs> yes. We have yes. this day, this big day, you know, it begins with fireworks and um, and there's this day and I think there can be a lot of pressure to feel like we have to figure out the whole next year you know, on this day. But of course, we can't do that. And so I love that you and I are telling these stories and having these conversations, but we're telling some continuing conversations. You know, we started that in December as we did our three-part series um, about Christmas, and uh, we had so much fun doing that and felt like we were able to really dig deeper into our stories than maybe we've done on the podcast before. And so I I'm glad that we're going to try that again here in January with this two-part New Year's conversation. So just to remind our listeners, um, it's okay if you haven't listened to, to last week, although you may want to, to pause this right here and go back and listen to that episode. But even if you haven't, just a little recap that we were sharing a lot last week about how this new year is beginning with us really thinking a lot about saying no. And in saying no, we are doing some good life gardening, you know, we're pulling out the weeds that that are crowding out other things um, in order to say yes. So today I'm really looking forward to to talking about those yeses and and what those, you know, might look like for us. And Lisa Joe, I was reminded, so over the Christmas, I read, our listeners know how much we love books and holiday books. And a book I was rereading over Christmas is called The Christmas Chronicles by Nigel Slater. And he's actually a cookbook author. He's a memoirist and a cookbook author. And this book is like my favorite kind of hybrid genre of cookbook. It has recipes, but it's also just him sharing stories from his life um, about how he spends the holidays, how he spends Christmas and New Year's. And so in the section on New Year's Day, he writes this. He says, The comfort of ritual, the reassurance of the familiar is important to me. Doing repetitive domestic things, kneading bread, stirring soup on the same day each year helps me feel grounded. But the repetition must be seasoned with the new. Don't stand too still. That way lies a score of missed opportunities, not to mention a certain atrophy. Atrophy, I think that's how you say that word, that kind of like freezing up, right? Right. So I don't know, this this line just really spoke to me, this sense of like, I'm someone who wants to be rooted. We talked a lot last week about just the beauty of our ordinary small <laughs> selves and lives. And yet we don't want that to look like atrophy. We want to be open to new things and saying yes. So I don't know. I'm curious, Lisa Joe, what do you think that's going to look like for you 
this year? And how did you spend that day? How did you spend New Year's Day? It's always interesting because, of course, you and I experience life similarly, but through a different lens. So you and Nigel experience it through the repetitive rhythm of kneading bread or stirring soup, two things I don't do, Um, (laughs) and you find comfort in it. And for me, though, I like those repetitive rhythms, but they will always be tied to people. So I like knowing that there is something special lined up for Christmas Eve with other people. That's really important to me. And the same for the day after Christmas, the same for New Year's Eve, and the same for New Year's Day. I like knowing those rhythms are marked by certain people I'm going to be with. And I agree with him that it's fun to sprinkle new into the mix as well. So in the past, you know, we've spent uh, the day after Christmas, Boxing Day, as they call it in the UK, with you guys. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had Micah's birthday with you. This year for Christmas Eve, we were with our new church family. They had a beautiful candlelit service. And then what I think might become a new tradition, we all went out for Chinese food afterwards because those are the places that are open. It was delicious. We were with all these people I love. I didn't have to cook anything, but we had food I like. I like that rhythm. I can feel myself leaning into that and wanting to tell them, make sure you invite us again next year. I like that rhythm. And for New Year's Eve, we went out to movies with friends, and I can see those patterns repeating. So in the same way that he talks about grounding ourselves in those rhythms, but then adding some new I I agree. I just think it has looked different, whether mm-hmm. the domesticity is routines in the kitchen or with people that you gather with. So when I think about moving from no to yes, what does that look like this year? If you were listening last week, you heard me talk a lot about this idea of trying to figure yourself out really in your right ordinary good size again. What does that mean for you? And I had to dig out a lot of weeds last year, literally out of my garden, we talked about, and then figuratively really out of my heart and my mind and my soul when I think about my relationship with social media. But the thing I love about social media has always been the people. I love them. And so in saying no to kind of that unheated, unhindered multiplication of relationships that aren't rooted in real knowledge or love has made space for me to say yes to relationships that are both a combination of being loved and known, which is what I experienced Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. But really that began, I think, in Christmas where you and I decided we wanted to gather some friends for a social media silent retreat. (laughs) It's really what we thought of it as soul care writer's retreat. And you know, Christy, it was such a pivotal turning point for me because while we were all gathered at the barn and you and I, it was just for those listening, it was a very small group of friends that we wanted to just minister to. We called it a taste and see experience, taste and see that the Lord is good. Come apart from your busy lives and schedules and calendars at the end of the year and let's just spend some time essentially ministering to one another. What's so interesting about that experience is that it could have been the kind of thing that was hashtagged and shared on social media, and there were many beautiful photographs that we took, but we collectively had decided to guard it as something quiet, something set apart, something just for the people who were there. 
And it was such an interesting experience because really what it did is ground me in the things I love about social media, the relationships, while removing the things that have sometimes been destructive, the weeds, right? The sense of sharing that somehow leads to other people feeling left out or can sound self-aggrandizing or self-promoting. We just pulled those things out by the roots and allowed ourselves to be present in the deep relationships of those days. And it was so fulfilling. I think that's what surprised me in the same way. I think Nigel's talking about how fulfilling it can be to stir soup and knead bread because those are rhythms you need in your life. It was so fulfilling to say yes to those people, to say yes to serving them and loving them and trying to come alongside and champion them in a really old-fashioned kind of way, you know, completely mm. offline to just do it up close and in person. And that really is the kind of yes I want for this year. I mm. want to be present in that way um, with the real people, my neighbors, the people in my church, my family, um, and then friends that do the work we do in these online spaces, but in a much deeper way. Hmm. It's like we keep talking about planting seeds. I mean, this whole podcast started with a conversation about grass seeds, right? Planting our small, ordinary (laughs) hopes and dreams and so on. And here we are still talking about planting seeds. But I feel like the conversation for us has maybe shifted in thinking about ourselves as the gardeners, the ones planting the seeds. And remembering that quite often in scripture stories in the Bible, when that metaphor of seed comes up, we're not the gardener. We're we're the one being planted. We're the garden. We're the soil. And maybe what we're trying to talk about and in, in this story you share of like what was so satisfying for you over this last holiday season was that you were, I don't know, you were receiving. I just see you as receiving. And if we're, that's really the cool thing about being the soil is that we receive the seed. Mm -hmm. We're not the one up there like scattering the seed. And I don't know, maybe, maybe we're invited as God's soil to say yes to the seeds he would plant or has already planted. I don't know. Maybe that's the way to think about our yeses this year is that we're not the gardener casting our seed and wondering, okay, what will take root? What will grow? Instead, we're the soil and we're receiving the seed. I don't know. Does that shift in the metaphor shift how yeah, we think about I mean, this? I agree completely. You and I had been talking about this leading up to this actual recorded conversation that shift in our own mindset where As we said last week, there aren't things that we were necessarily wrong about, but there are things we are learning, right? We keep learning. God keeps teaching us. And there's just been a shift in our own thinking where it's no longer about us who are either scattering the seed and it's not about us being the seed. It really is about us receiving the seed that God himself as the sower is sowing. And I pulled up the parable itself in Luke chapter eight. And, you know, if you if you've grown up in the church or even remotely affiliated, you're probably familiar with the story Jesus told about the sower who's throwing seeds and it lands in all these different places, you know, on a path where the birds eat it or in the rocks and or among weeds. And then some of the seed lands on good soil. And I'm just going to read Jesus's interpretation because it's been really powerful as we think about this year and what we want to say yes to, 
What we want to do is actually say yes to what it is God is sowing in our lives. And this is Luke chapter 8, starting at verse 11. This is the meaning of the parable, Jesus says. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by, and this is my favorite part, by persevering, produce a crop. And listen, Christy and I are not by any stretch of the imagination claiming to be the good, righteous, holy soil. I think what we're (laughs) recognizing is that in times in our lives, we've been all of this, all of these different kinds of soil. We've had doubts. We've had worries. We've wanted success. Mm -hmm. We've wanted financial security. We we worry that God didn't say what we think He said. Uh, The enemy comes and snatches away (laughs) our hopes and dreams and faith on some days. But what we're hoping for is to more and more become the kind of soil that's willing to persevere in order to grow the kind of crop God is sowing in our lives. And so that's more and more what yes looks like this year for us. And so for me, it's been simply leaning into this idea that if God has asked me to step off of social media for now, it doesn't mean, though, that he's saying, abandon the thing you love about it, which is the people and the relationships. And so I think I got a small taste over break of what it's like to do that deep work of loving people. And I I hope to say a lot more yes to that intimate one-on-one experience of of saying yes to people. Hmm. I guess, too, what we're saying is that in order to say yes to the seed when it comes, um, you have to have cleared some space. I mean, we can't say yes if there's no space to say yes, Yeah, the right? soil needs to be ready. Yeah, there needs to be room. Yeah. So John and I on New Year's Day did the most satisfying thing. <laughs> we hadn't a plan. It wasn't our plan for New Year's Day. We didn't really have a plan, but it happened and we were both it was just like the it was the perfect way to spend New Year's Day. Um we cleaned out a closet. <laughs> <laughs> Super romantic together. fireworks. <laughs> uh it was amazing. <laughs> oh, Lisa Joe, that closet though, it had just been neglected for so long and it had become really this like heavy burden on my mind. Like I was always aware of it and aware of hmm. how we couldn't use it and it was overflowing with stuff. So Lisa Joe, we finally tackled it. We tackled it together. I found in there, <laughs> well, two things that are significant. The first, I found an old diaper bag. Like with diapers, like ready to go, yes. like a go bag for if you yes. have your kids. Yes. Wow. So you know that my youngest is seven. <laughs> I'm thinking she hasn't worn diapers since she was two. Wow. Maybe three at a stretch. So, you know, for at least four years, I guess, you know, one day there came a day where we hung that diaper bag up at the back of that closet and then we never needed it again. 
And I found a little cup in there, like a kid snack cup with oh, old yeah. Cheerios in it. Oh, no way with Cheerios, actually. <laughs> now I want to know which closet. Is it the one in the third floor where I where I always stay? Like no, that big one? That would make sense. We actually tackle that closet frequently. This is a much more important centrally located closet. It's that back door closet in the front hall by oh, the little radiator. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's just where very we always deep. hang coats. Yeah. So it's very deep. Things can just get shoved in the back and then sort of lost for four years, apparently. (laughs) So found the diaper bag, got rid of that. And goodness, that feels like a very necessary kind of cleaning out. I mean, that phase of our lives is over. (laughs) And then the other thing I found was my big bin that I, I collect all my garden seeds in. So every year I try to start seeds for the garden, but most packets of seed come with more seeds than, than you'll need you know, then you can start. And so I always just toss the leftovers in a bin thinking, I don't know what I'm thinking. I just hold on to them. Like maybe I'll want to start more seeds or maybe I'll give them to someone. And then what happens is over the years, I just accumulate these old seeds. And and often it's not worth using this old seed again in the new year because um, I'm going to get a little technical here, but your germination rates will be lower. Not as many of those seeds will sprout because they're older. Some seeds last a long time, but a lot of them don't. And and if a packet of seed costs $3, it's really just worth buying a new packet of seed to make sure that the seeds you sow, you know, will, will take off and grow. So I've accumulated just this box of old seeds and it was interesting to flip through them and it's like memories of gardens past, you know, coming back as I look through these seeds. But also I really needed to clean out those seeds. I needed to clean it out so I could think ahead to what this year's garden will actually look like. And so it feels like I couldn't even begin to say yes to new seeds until I had literally <laughs> cleaned out all the that old seeds so that were in the closet. Oh, Lisa Joe, but when we were finished, I mean, the whole project took us, it did not take us more than an hour and a half. We quickly filled trash bags. We filled a bag of things to to take to the Goodwill thrift store, donation, drop off, you know, and um, it did not take long at all. But it felt like in that hour and a half, we had done, I don't know, like years worth of necessary labor. Like we had cleared so much ground. Now when I open that and that closet and it's like, there's a nice hook right there with my scarf and my coat and my purse and the car keys hang neatly next to it. It's just so, I just open it and I feel happy. It's like angel seeing every time I open that (laughs) closet now. So, right. It's just a closet. It's just throwing out old diaper bags and old seeds. And yet, wow, it is so much more. I feel like ready for anything now that that closet is clean. (laughs) That's so interesting. And so how has it spoken to your yes this year? Mm, Well, in particular, I think my yeses this year will have a domestic bent. So maybe that's why I was drawn to that quote from, from Nigel that we opened the conversation with is that you know, last year I shared last week in the podcast that last year I didn't get to do a lot of gardening. I was um, just had a lot of other work to do. Um, in particular, I had a lot of work around releasing Placemaker, my book. And so it meant that I was often um, talking about gardening and talking about placemaking, but not doing it. And that was just how it needed to be. I needed to do that work. But I'm hopeful that this year, I'll do more placemaking. I'll do more garden making. And so by clearing out those seeds, first of all, I have a big empty seed box (laughs) ready to be filled up again. I feel like I've 
just emotionally like shed, you know, the years past. And now I can really fully turn and and look at the year that's approaching and the garden that I'll plant this spring um, just with a fresh, clean slate. It's almost like when you clear out real baggage, you've cleared out emotional baggage that might hold you back, that might kind of the word Nigel used was atrophy, right? Mm. That atrophy of just like paralysis, that feeling stuck. I think I just feel less stuck and like there's room now and there is quite literally room for new seeds. So I think I'm going to spend some time with seed catalogs and order some new seeds. So that's so interesting. So when it comes to seeds, I would imagine more is more so that you would take all those old packets and new ones and you would just... I don't know. I don't even know how you sow seeds. You dump them on the grass. Oh, I don't know. You dump them into your like. I guess you didn't add those to what you're gonna, what you're gonna buy. It wasn't like more is more. Oh, that's such a good question because when it comes to seeds, less is more. Less is always more. So, for example, like if any of our listeners are gonna, you know, try to plant a little garden with their kids this year, something that happens if you hand a kid, a child, a packet of seed is that. They will just dump all those seeds out, like, and you'll get this like pile of seeds. Is a dirt. child or a forty-five-year-old mom or- <laughs> who does not? Because I have done that exact thing, so now I'm <laughs> <Or> fascinated. <laughs> uh, well, what will happen actually is that those seeds may sprout, they may germinate, but I can almost guarantee you that nothing will grow. And certainly, if it's really? let's say a packet of carrot seeds, the carrots will not grow because they will not have room to grow. If a hundred little Carrot seedlings are trying to send down roots, and the root is the part that grows, and we eat it as a carrot. It needs a certain amount of space under the soil in order to grow into a carrot. And um, if it's in this clumpy pile (laughs) of other roots, it can't grow. It just can't grow. There won't be enough water. There won't be enough nutrients. There won't be enough space. There won't even be enough air. I mean, growing roots need air even and in air pockets in the soil. It's just, it's a disaster. You might not even get, you probably wouldn't even get one carrot and you would have lost, you would have spent a hundred seeds and not even had one carrot to show for it. This is why you're blowing my mind right now because (laughs) we live in a more is more culture. You know, like I feel like the messaging I hear often for those of us who, you know, a large part of our jobs is to be on social media is do more, get more followers, have more downloads, host more things, offer more things, sell more things, promote more things, do more. And isn't it interesting? Oh, if you were listening last week, you heard me talk about how our garden had gotten overtaken by this weed grass that is that does operate on a more is more, right? <laughs> like weeds have no problem with having more. They just multiply and take over everything. So everything else is suffocated out. There's no room for anything except the weeds. But what I'm hearing from you is that when it comes to actual harvest, when it comes to something that's life-giving, that sustains us, we need less in order to get more. We do. And that actually saying yes might look like choosing (laughs) this, not that. Like that that is somehow integral to yes. If I toss out all those seeds, or if I'm the soil and I receive a hundred seeds, if I don't kick out like 99 of them, I haven't really said yes, because that 100 seed cannot grow. Mm. Isn't that wild? It's so crazy. Wow. And so there's this thing in gardening called, and here now we're just, we're doing a little gardening lesson, thinning, thinning. You have to thin 
the, the seedlings. So carrot seeds are so, so tiny that it's hard not to plant too many. It's very, very difficult. So probably if you plant a little row of carrots in your garden, more will pop up than than their space to grow. So once they once they have their little green leaves, you go in there and you ruthlessly, it feels very hard to do, you ruthlessly pull out healthy green little leaves in order to create more space around some of them so that they can grow into full-size carrots. Saying yes to the carrot means saying no to like all the little carrot, potential carrots all around it. You have to do it and it's called thinning. The- my, I mean, if people could see my face right now, <laughs> I'm so <laughs> fascinated by this because that is a lot of what we've tried to talk through these last two weeks, what we're saying no to in order to be able to say yes to things. And I've often thought of that as a very esoteric thing. You hear people say that, but it's hard to understand like what that actually means. And I will always think of carrots now because I have on my pantry shelf several bags of seeds that we never got around to planting back in the day when I thought I would garden. And one of them is a bag of carrot seeds. And I would have never, Christy, I would have never thought that I would have to actually pull up some of them once they're starting to do well. Because we really, our culture tells us, excellent, do whatever you want, plant as much as you can, keep mm-hmm. doing more and more and more. And when I stepped off social media, I mean, the the response I got mostly was shock. Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> mm. Don't You don't step away from things that are growing, you grow more. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lesson in the carrot, and I don't think it's just about carrots. (laughs) I think it's much more important than that. (laughs) Oh, man. So when I think about this year, I do, uh, the carrot is going to keep me company when I think about how it's okay to say no to some things Mm -hmm. in order to really go deeper and have healthy, abundant carrots come out of it. Like I think about that time we spent with some of our writer friends just on that one-on-one level. I think... I see that in my life now, how I feel much more engaged with my neighbors and the people around me and wanting to know them, you know, to really know them because I don't spend so much time responding to people I have never met and may never meet on social media. And again, I'm not saying social media is the big bad wolf here. I don't believe it is, but I do know for sure in the season of my life to be the soil who is healthy enough to receive what God is trying to plant I feel like he's been thinning other areas of my life. Maybe, Lisa Joe, it's like um, maybe another helpful metaphor if we've lost a few people with the gardening one (laughs) is light and dark. I mean, you, you know, light, every source of light casts a shadow, right? The light goes with its shadow. And maybe every yes has a shadow no side. And maybe we haven't done ourselves any favors by thinking about no's and yeses as these totally isolated separate things. Um, Here's a no, here's a yes. But maybe um, as I look forward to this year and saying yeses, I will accept that most of those yeses will cast a shadow and the shadow will look like a no. And Mm -hmm. so sometimes maybe I'm approaching it through the shadow, through the no, and sometimes through the yes, but that they're always more interrelated than I realize. And so they aren't, it's not like, bad and good. It's it's just, they just go together. They go together like light and, and shadow. And um, I don't know, maybe that'll help me be less afraid of the no's because no's are hard for me. Yes's excite me, but if I can see them as parts of a whole, then I don't know, maybe I'll, I'll get less tripped up in the emotional baggage I bring to the whole idea of saying no. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think that's very powerful. I think it is very hard to say no because often 
what it feels like is you're saying no to a person, right? Or a relationship or somebody that you love or people you care about and want to serve well. Or sometimes you worry it's like saying no to God or no to something your job is asking you to do or your family. It's always this fear can be associated with no that somehow you're letting somebody down. And I think if you think of it instead as a way to try to serve somebody better, Mm. it helps you think through the process of that that no. And just at a practical level, I mean, that's something I had to learn in motherhood, especially now that my kids are older and they can manage, you know, being able to say no to them sometimes means mommy doesn't lose (laughs) her mind at the end Mm -hmm. of the day. Sometimes they need to understand in order for me to be better at being your mother, you're going to need to give me this downtime. Now, I mean, just on a very pragmatic, basic level is how it plays out sometimes in a family dynamic. It's helpful to think that going forward too, especially for those of us who tend toward people pleasing understanding that sometimes saying no is the healthiest way to love somebody else. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. So we say no in order to say yes. I think this year I'm going to say yes to new seeds, new gardens, um, new creative work. Yes to the people who are in my house. You've talked a lot today about the the real people, <laughs> remembering mm-hmm. our real people. And even though I tend not to think in relational terms as often as you do, I we are all relational people and you know, relationships with my kids and husband are priorities. So saying yes to those, which for me too will sometimes look like putting down the phone, putting down the the social media app and and looking my child in the eyes. There are, I think there's a lot um, ahead of us that it's going to be really fun to say yes to, um, even if there, there are the, those shadowy no's involved in it. I agree. I think it's exciting always to prepare soil, right? It's exciting mm-hmm. to think about what will grow out of the soil, what will it look like and how will God shape it and prune it, what kind of flowers, what will the colors be? There's so much expectation and anticipation about being the soil that receives. And there's also a freedom, I think, in that too, in knowing that We don't actually control outcomes the way we're tempted to think that we do. I think sometimes when we cast ourselves as the sower of the seed or the seed itself, we think it's up to us how it grows and what color it is and how plentiful it becomes. But if we're simply the soil who receives the seed, who is available to what God is doing, in many ways it liberates us from that white-knuckling tight clenched fists of anxiety and fear about what comes next and instead allows us simply to be willing to receive what God is doing um, and then to be faithful to it and involved in helping Him grow the good work He is about. Mm. So this year, you and I, we are going to not so much plant our grass seeds. (laughs) That was episode one, wasn't it? Yeah, out of the ordinary. Our very first episode. Okay. So not so much plant our grass seeds, but receive, Mm. receive those seeds. And in order to receive, in order to say yes, we will have to clear some space. We'll have to clean out perhaps the literal, but certainly the, the metaphorical closets in our lives. And it may not. Here, I think, is what, oh, I want to leave our listeners with this, because this was the most, I think, fun and encouraging thing about my closet cleaning experience on New Year's Day, is that I had left the work undone for so long that the closet and its mess had grown, you know, Mm. in its size in my brain, that I was shocked at how little effort it took to clean it up. 
And that relates, I think, to the story you told about the weeds, yeah. too, is once you dug in, it did not take that long. Yeah. Once Jonathan and I got into the closet cleaning, it did not take that long. We were shocked that an hour and a half later, it was done. And we could say to one another, well done, well done, we did it. Now we're ready, we're ready for what's next. So I guess, ah, yeah, I really want to leave our listeners with that encouragement. It may not be as hard or as time consuming as you think. So why not go for it? Dig in, clean it out. (laughs) If you enjoyed today's conversation, won't you take a moment right now, open up that podcast app and look for the subscribe button right next to our podcast profile image. And we think this podcast is best enjoyed with friends. So tell a friend, click share episode in your podcast app and send a friend our link. 